0: For those of you who clicked over from YouTube, thank you. It is appreciated. I'd been meaning to use this letter for some time. I just hadn't really gotten around to it. And some of the lingo here that's used is just a little too much for YouTube. You know how censorious they get over there. For those of you who normally listen to me on this side of things, today's video that's on YouTube, the podcast version, will also be right after this one in the same file. So don't worry about it. You'll hear. You'll, you'll get both things. Anyway, we'll begin with a public letter from Italian laity, Francis Enough Stop the Ideological Civil War in the Church. It is a heartfelt letter by several Italian laypeople, and it was published about a week ago in an Italian daily called Il Foglio, and it was translated and posted to Rorate Celi, so it'll be linked in the show notes at ReturnToTradition.org for those who want to read it for themselves. It's not very long. Holy Father. The latest book by Andrea Riccardi, founder of Sant'Egidio, and a well-known voice of the progressive Catholic world is entitled, The Church is Burning, Crisis and the Future of Christianity. We have not written any books, we have not conducted any detailed analysis, but we see every day the slow fire that devours and destroys the Catholic Church in Italy and around the world. The resignation of Benedict XVI eight years ago left many in desolation and others in hope. For some time, there was talk of the Bergoglio effect, alluding to a rebirth that unfortunately never took place. On the contrary, the church that goes forth has remained a slogan with no real application. On the contrary, the holy city of Christianity, Rome, in the age of COVID, was the first to barricade its churches, giving the world a sign of total desertion. We have witnessed a synodal journey that have seemed like real civil wars with maneuvers committed to guaranteeing a Soviet-style democracy, and which have led to controversial and practically completely useless documents. The churches, the confessionals, even the Vatican coffers are increasingly empty, a sign that the people of God do not recognize the voice of the shepherds. Chinese Catholics, led by Cardinal Zen, suffer from the Vatican's agreements with the Chinese Communist dictatorship. Cardinals who have been in the breach for years, alongside you, like Betsy have ended up in economic scandals that had not been seen since Mar- Marcinius. Others, such as Kafara, Burke, Seurat, Mueller, Pell, were humiliated, silenced, and ignored. Still others, very close to you, have prevented the U.S. Bishops' Conference from going deep into the pedophilia scandal. As if this were not enough, entire conservative religious orders have been commissioned and have had to suffer persecution that was unimaginable even in the darkest times of the Holy Inquisition. Even personalities of completely opposite orientation, such as Enzo Bianchi, were mercied overnight with unprecedented harshness. So have bishops, priests, religious throughout the country. The church today is a field hospital filled with wounded, which urgently needs not so much speeches on mercy, but true, real, concrete mercy and peace. Your latest provision against the so-called Latin mass has further wreaked havoc and division, without any motivation. Why deny that which your predecessor had granted? Why humiliate a tiny flock of faithful, accusing them all in a summary way, without appeal, and, as it appears ever more evident, with no basis? Thus, after eight years, the church is burning, as never before. It is divided and torn apart in Italy, in China, in the United States, in Germany, as in Luther's time. We lay people, too, albeit freer and not subjected to the growing arbitrariness of the clerical world, suffer from this climate that has become heavy, almost unbreathable, this now total disappearance within the church of all healthy plurality. Mother Church seems more and more like a stepmother, imposes anathemas, excommunications, commissariats, continuously. We therefore ask you humbly, "...put an end to this civil war in the Church, as a father who looks towards the good of all his children, and not as the head of a clerical current that seems to want to use his monarchical authority to the full, often beyond the confines of canon law, in order to accomplish an ideological personal agenda." It is signed by several lay Italian laymen and laymen women. Again, you can reach this, read this over on Rorate Celi. a link to the post will be in the show notes, at returntotradition.org. Let me know what you thought of this, if you'd like, and with that, on to to today's normal episode. We have a letter from Cardinal Robert Serra on how Francis is undermining the credibility of the Catholic Church in his recent actions. I'll give you minimal commentary on this. I will let the good Cardinal speak for himself. Doubt has taken hold of Western thought. Intellectuals and secular leaders alike describe the same impression of collapse. Faced with the breakdown of solidarity and the disintegration of identities, some turn to the Catholic Church. They ask her to give a reason to live together, to individuals who have forgotten what unites them as one people. They beg her to provide a little more soul, to make the cold harshness of consumer society bearable. When a priest is slain, everyone is touched and many feel stricken to the core. But is the church capable of responding to these calls? Certainly, she has already played this role of guardian and transmitter of civilization. At the twilight of the Roman Empire, she knew how to pass on the flame that the barbarians who were threatening were trying to extinguish. But does she still have the means and the will to do so today? At the foundation of a civilization, there can only be one reality that surpasses it, a sacred invariant. Malraux noted this with realism, the nature of a civilization is what gathers around a religion. Our civilization is incapable of building a temple or a tomb. It will either be forced to find its fundamental value or it will decay. End quote. Without a sacred foundation, protective and insuperable boundaries are abolished. An entire profane world becomes a vast expanse of quicksand. Everything is sadly open to the winds of arbitrariness. In the absence of the stability of a foundation that escapes man, peace and joy. The signs of a long-lasting civilization are constantly swallowed up by a sense of precariousness. The anguish of imminent danger is the seal of barbaric times. Without a sacred foundation, every bond becomes fragile and fickle. Some ask the Catholic Church to play this solid foundation role. They would like to see her assume a social function namely to be a coherent system of values a cultural and aesthetic matrix but the church has no other sacred reality to offer than her faith in jesus god made man her sole goal is to make possible the encounter of men with the person of jesus moral and dogmatic teaching as well as mystical and liturgical patrimony are the setting and the means of this fundamental and sacred encounter christian civilization is born of this encounter beauty and culture are its fruits in order to respond to the world's expectations, the church must therefore find the way back to herself and take up the words of St. Paul For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Jesus crucified. She must stop thinking of herself as a substitute for humanism or ecology. These realities, although good and just, are just for her but consequences of her unique treasure, faith in Jesus Christ. What is sacred for the church, then, is the unbroken chain that links her with certainty to Jesus, a chain of faith without rupture or contradiction, a chain of prayer and liturgy without breakage or disavowal. Without this radical continuity, what credibility could the church still claim? In her there is no turning back, but an organic and continuous development that we call the living tradition. The sacred cannot be decreed. It is received from God and passed on. This is undoubtedly the reason for which Benedict XVI could authoritatively confirm, affirm quote, In the history of the liturgy, there is growth and progress, but no rupture. What earlier generations held as sacred remains sacred and great for us too, and cannot be all of a sudden entirely forbidden or even considered harmful. It behooves all of us to preserve the riches which have developed in the Church's faith and prayer and to give them their proper place. End quote. At a time when some theologians are seeking to reopen the liturgy wars by pitting the missal revised by the Council of Trent against the one in use since 1970, it is urgent to recall this. If the Church is not capable of preserving the peaceful continuity of her link with Christ, she will be unable to offer the world the sacred which unites souls, according to the words of Goeth. Beyond the quarrel over rites, the credibility of the church is at stake. If she affirms the continuity between what is commonly called the Mass of St. Pius V and the Mass of Paul VI, then the church must be able to organize their peaceful cohabitation and their mutual enrichment. If one were to radically exclude one in favor of the other, if one were to declare them irreconcilable, one would implicitly recognize a rupture and a change of orientation. But then the church could no longer offer the world that sacred continuity, which alone can give her peace. By keeping alive a liturgical war within herself, the Church loses her credibility and becomes deaf to the call of men. Liturgical peace is the sign of peace that the Church can bring to the world. What is at stake is therefore much more serious than a simple question of discipline. If she were to claim a reversal of her faith or of her liturgy, in what name would the Church dare address the world? Her only legitimacy is her constancy and her continuity. Moreover, if the bishops who are in charge of the cohabitation and mutual enrichment of the two liturgical forms do not exercise their authority to this effect, they run the risk of no longer appearing as shepherds, guardians of the faith that they have received and of the sheep entrusted to them, but as secular leaders, commissars of the ideology of the moment rather than the guardians of the perennial tradition. They risk losing the trust of men of good will. A father cannot introduce mistrust and division among his faithful children. He cannot humiliate some by setting them against others. He cannot ostracize some of his priests. The peace and unity that the church claims to offer to the world must first be lived within the church. In liturgical matters, neither pastoral violence nor pastoral ideology has ever produced fruits of unity. The suffering of the faithful and the expectations of the world are too great to engage in these dead-end paths. No one is too much in the church of God. Clearly, he was talking about Francis there. Specifically about the end of the traditional Latin Mass, which even secular outlets have called an unreasonable step by Francis. One has to wonder what Cardinal Seurat thinks of the proposed changes that are rumored to be coming down the pike. Specifically, the rumored closure of the seminaries for the Fraternal Society of St. Peter and others that will be decreed from the congregation that oversees them, as well as the issuing of a new missal that would revise the traditional Latin Mass and functionally end it, and replace it with a novus ordo up parody of the traditional Latin Mass one has to wonder if he senses what I and others sense, that these moves are designed to push the faithful into the arms of the Society of St. Pius X, so that Francis can then declare them formally to be in schism, a declaration which has never been made by any pope in the past, and they are the only ones who have that authority to make it, And one, if made by Francis, would certainly be invalid on its face, for one does not go into schism by defending the deposit of the faith against the kinds of upheavals and and chaos seen after the council, and still to this day. But regardless of all that, Francis clearly just doesn't care. Now, if you're interested, I have an audio-only bonus that is an open letter to Francis, begging him to stop his actions. It's written by Lay Faithful, and it uses some language that I unfortunately can't use here on YouTube. But if you want to hear it, it's available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple, or any other major podcasting platform on my Return to Tradition channel over on those sorts of websites. And a link to that option will be in the pinned comment here on YouTube. Let me know what you think of this in the comments, please, and like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.